Our reading is from 1 Peter, chapter 3, verses 18 to 22. Christ himself suffered for sins once. He was not guilty, but he suffered for those who are guilty to bring you to God. His body was killed, but he was made alive in the spirit. And in the spirit he went and preached to the spirits in prison who refused to obey God long ago in the time of Noah. God was waiting patiently for them while Noah was building the boat. Only a few people, eight in all, were saved by water. And that water is like baptism that now saves you. Not the washing of dirt from the body, but the promise made to God from a good conscience. And this is because Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. Now Jesus has gone into heaven and is at God's right side, ruling over angels, authorities and powers. Do keep that passage open. How could I make something beautiful out of this? How could I make, say, a, a model of Buckingham Palace? The truth is I couldn't do a lot with this old mixed-up Lego. Not even Ben Andrews could do a lot with this. It's dirty, it's broken. There are all kinds of old other things. I just found an apple core in here. <laughs> but God is able to take us in all our brokenness and tiredness, and he's able to make us into a lovely thing. God is able to make the church out of people like us. God looked at the church, looked at the world, and he saw a much bigger challenge than in a box of old Lego or a group of untrained singers. God saw in us the unrighteous. God saw sin. God saw sinners. And God said to Jesus, let's make a church. The theme of transformation comes right through 1 Peter, chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Verse 10, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So just like in our activity earlier, just like with Gareth Malone's choir, we've been transformed from rebellious sinners against God into the glorious church of God. Yes, God looked at sinful humanity and he said to Jesus, let's make a church holy and royal. And Jesus accepted the challenge, even though he knew it would cost him his life on the cross. Think about what it cost Jesus to save the church. Three things to say. Jesus died on the cross, Jesus rose as a winner, and Jesus rules in heaven. Firstly then, Jesus died on the cross, verse 18. For Christ suffered once for sin, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body. Do you remember the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe? Perhaps you've read the book or watched the film. Well, in the story, Edmund 
one of the four children chosen to be kings and queens of Narnia, Edmund goes wrong. And instead of going straight to see Aslan the lion with his three brothers and sisters, Edmund wanders off to join the white witch who's the evil ruler of Narnia. And because of this, the white witch has a claim on Edmund's life. There's only one way Edmund can be saved, and that is if Aslan, the perfectly good lion, dies in Edmund's place. Then Edmund will be saved. And because Aslan is an innocent, sinless victim, death will work backwards and he will come back to life. Well, all of that is a picture of what Jesus does for us. Verse 18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous. Like Aslan for Edmund, Jesus dies in Chris Jenkins' place. In your place. Put your own name there. For Christ also suffered once for sins. Jesus suffered and died on the cross once. He doesn't need to do it again. The death of Jesus on the cross was once and for all. He paid the price of sin with his own blood when it was shed on the cross. The righteous for the unrighteous. Jesus died in our place to bring you to God. We were far away from God in our sin. We were separated from God by our sin. God is perfectly holy. We're by nature sinful. We cannot be one with, God cannot be one with sinners like us unless Jesus has died in our place to pay for our sin and therefore to bring us to God. He was put to death in the body. Jesus died on the cross in our place, taking the punishment for the things we've done wrong. But secondly, Jesus rose as a winner. Wonderfully, in The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, Aslan comes back to life. And this is a picture of Jesus. End of verse 18. He was made alive in the spirit. Jesus rose again as the winner. Jesus has won the victory over our sin and therefore over death and hell and Satan. Hallelujah! This means that when we die... We can live forever with God in heaven. Death is not the end for us because Jesus has risen again from the dead as the winner. And we can be on his winning team. We can be winners too. Won't it be wonderful 
all to be together in heaven with Jesus, with all God's people, with all the winners in heaven forever. I expect you've been watching the Olympics. It's been fantastic, hasn't it, to see so many British athletes winning, standing on the winner's podium. Jesus is the ultimate winner, and we can win with him. But thirdly, Jesus rules in heaven. That's the point of Jesus making proclamation in the spiritual realm. He declares his victory. He declares his rule, verse 22, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels and powers in submission to him. Jesus is the king. Jesus is ruling from heaven. That means that nothing happens to us which is outside of his control. Jesus is the king and his will is done. What Jesus wants happens. This means we can always trust Jesus. We live in a spiritual battle, but all spiritual powers ultimately obey Jesus. He's in complete control. So, Jesus died on the cross, Jesus rose as the winner, Jesus rules in heaven. And what he offers us this morning is transformation. He offers us forgiveness of our sins, being saved from hell for heaven. Jesus offers to make sinners into his church. And baptism is a picture of this. This afternoon, Kurum will be dipped in the water as a picture of being washed clean from all his sin. The water of Noah's flood is a picture of baptism. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. We must come to Jesus and say to him, please transform me from being a rebel against you into being one of your church, one of your people. I'm committed to following Jesus. I make the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. I'm committed to Jesus. I wonder, can you say that this morning? Do you know that Jesus died on the cross for you? Do you know that Jesus rose as a winner for you? 
Are you a winner in him? Do you know that Jesus is ruling in heaven and therefore he is your king? He's ruling over every aspect of your life. Is that true of you this morning? Well, it can be. No one needs to leave here this morning without knowing that Jesus is their king, that Jesus is your saviour, that you belong to him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, how we thank you again for Jesus. Thank you that he died on the cross to pay for all our sin. Thank you that he rose again as the winner over sin and death and hell and Satan. Thank you that he's ruling in heaven. Thank you that we can belong to him this morning if we put our trust in him. Father, I pray that no one will leave here this morning without knowing that they belong to Jesus, that he is their king and their saviour. Lord, make this true for each one of us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.